How can we bring the five ways light decides circadian rhythm into nine practical steps which we can build into our daily life? That's what we're going to discuss today in part two of this conversation. If you missed part one, do take a listen before you listen to this episode. In today's episode, we will answer three key questions. What are the fourth and fifth way light decides circadian rhythm? What is light hunger? How do we bring nine practical takeaways using the five principles of light into our daily life? I knew again that the best person for this was Rudy, my friend. And you can check out Rudy's bio in the episode show notes. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, Author and Yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer Podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. So, um, Rudy, are these what we are going to put down as our fourth and fifth point or are they going to come as part of one? Yeah, so they are actually related because the fourth point is about your light history. Okay, so a particular source of light will affect you really depending on your light history. Now, what do I mean by this? The more light you get during the day, the less vulnerable you are going to be to artificial light after the sunset. So if we take two people, let's say, one who have uh, spent a lot of time outdoors during the day and another person who have spent a lot of time indoors under artificial lighting, and if we expose those two people to the same light bulb at night, we're going to definitely see that the person who has spent a lot of time outdoors during the day is going to be affected in much um, in, in less ways compared to the person who has spent a lot of time indoors. Their melatonin suppression is going to be less. Uh, their, 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 uh, their sleep schedule is going to shift in a, a much less tragic way than the other person who has not spent enough time outdoors. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I can already think of my own. Uh, my husband's office is out where there's bright sunlight in the balcony and mine is a little dark during the day. And he sleeps immediately and I take some time to get into sleep. So I was just telling him this morning that I feel I need to take my system out when I don't have calls and sit out in the garden. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 very important. And this is not to say that if you spend a lot of time outdoors, you're not going to be vulnerable to uh, the negative effects of artificial light at night. This is only to make a relative comparison between a person who have maximized the light exposure during the day compared to a person who have spent a lot of time indoors during the day. And when both of them will be exposed to the same uh, harmful artificial light at night, one will be much more vulnerable than the other. That's a great clarification, Rudy. So let's wrap up with a point five and then we can recap that quickly for our audience. So point number five is very simple, very easy, very straightforward. The longer the amount of time you are exposed to this source of light, the greater the effect is. Okay. So how do we uh, translate this into uh, our daily habits? This will mean that the longer we spend in front of uh, healthy sunlight during the day, the greater the effect is going to be on our circadian clock. However, if we take this at night, it must be the opposite. So the, the less time we spend in uh, exposed to artificial lighting, the, the, the more healthy and the better our sleep will be. Great, Rudy. And I'm just going to quickly clarify all of that before we wrap up. And you went through it beautifully, the five important things that decide how light influences our circadian rhythm. First is the wavelength of light. The second was the amount of light or the brightness. And of course, third, the time of the day that we receive the light exposure. Fourth is our light history. And the fifth is how the longer the time of exposure, the greater the effect. That was great. And I do want to ask you something because you've mentioned to me about light hunger. And I'd love for us to just squeeze that into our conversation today before we get to our takeaway. So what exactly is light hunger? So light is the most powerful force that shapes and molds every aspect of our biology. And Albert Einstein taught us through the law of relativity, E equal MC square, that light and matter are exactly the same thing. And that light is continuously being transformed into matter. And why is that very important? Because every cell in our body is thirsty to get this light first thing in the morning. And we now know that many of our neurotransmitters and neuromodulators are actually programmed by this light so much so that this light is allowing us to uh, perceive ourselves in space and time, and it, it's actually creating our reality. So as an example, dopamine, for instance, is programmed by our morning light exposure. And uh, dopamine is this miraculous molecule that gives us the inspiration and the motivation to go after what we want in life to seek novelty, to go through difficulties and achieve the things that we really, we really want to achieve. Back in the days when our ancestors used to wake up in the morning, they would notice that they have the need 
to to bring water or to bring food and this need is coined to how the molecule dopamine works because based on this need based on this realization you know dopamine is what gives you the ability to move to sit straight and pay attention to danger and to go and thrive and dopamine is so much related also to our sunlight exposure because if we think about it from an evolutionary perspective our ancestors if they wanted to be successful hunters and gatherers if they wanted to be productive they needed to wake up before at dawn before the sunrise and they needed to be active during sunlight hours so when we expose ourselves to morning sunlight it actually increases our dopamine in a very sustainable way which is much different than the dopamine hits that we are getting programmed to in our modern life from social media or uh, fr from, from um, you know, artificial blue light that shines on your face. And the, the only difference is that when, when this happens from unnatural sources like social media or blue light or uh, pornography or all of these uh, ways that people go and try to seek dopamine in a dysfunctional way, it actually creates this massive peak in dopamine uh, that is very fast, followed by a drop. And anytime there's a massive peak that is very fast, it actually drops the, the baseline of dopamine that we have in our body, which will also mean that we are, we are going to become much less happy, much less energized, and much more addicted to increasing our dopamine in a fast way like this. So all of this is to say that nature increases our dopamine in a much different way than artificial light does. It does it in a, in a much more sustainable way and in a way that enable us to sustain ourselves and thrive and to achieve without, without being addicted to certain behaviors that we are coming to become addicted to in, in, in nowadays life. And this also, this is only one example of how every cell and every neurotransmitter in our body is actually hungry to get this morning sunlight. And when we don't get it, when we stay indoors in an artificially lit environment that is not rich enough, that is not bright enough to uh, stimulate our uh, cells and neurotransmitters in the right way, what happens is as the day passes, and the body does not get that light, we are subconsciously programmed to be wanting that light, to be wanting to feel good, to be wanting this dopamine. So what happens is we arrive at night and we feel completely unsatisfied. We feel completely disappointed. And subconsciously, we start seeking uh, those uh, different sources that will, give, that, will, that will emit light, though at the wrong time of the day. And uh, while, while this might feel uh, good at a, at a, at a short-term uh, level when we expose ourselves to this uh, computer or TV or whatever because we have, not, we have not exposed ourselves to enough light in the morning because we are feeling this light hunger and we are seeking to, uh, you know, uh, uh, satisfy that light hunger with, with anything that we could, 
it's 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 we start gorging on on this artificial light at night and unfortunately this really destroy our ability to heal repair and rejuvenate at night and it will lead us also to wake up the following morning with much less dopamine in our system and therefore it will lower our cognition it will lower our it will it will affect our memory and it will lead us to wake up with this intense feeling of disappointment beautiful rudy and i think the way you differentiated because it it's not that dopamine is bad and the way you differentiated that brought my attention completely back to blood sugar and how there's a huge difference between eating the whole foods and the refined sugars that came much later and that whole spiking and crashing and it was so similar to that and of course sugar itself is related so much to dopamine and uh, but I know that we're almost out of time so I want us to wrap this up with how do we bring practical takeaways to our listeners on how to use all this information we spoke about today on these five things that decide how light influences our circadian rhythm how do we put it all together into our daily life yeah absolutely I'm going to give some steps, sequential steps that anyone could do to elevate their light environment and their light exposure to a whole new level and to instantly start feeling more energized, more productive, to reclaim back their dopamine cycles and to have better melatonin production naturally and have a better response to cortisol and stress in their environment. So number one is waking up first thing in the morning and going outside, as I said, facing east and getting exposed to the early morning sunrise uh, at least for 10 minutes. The longer, the better. Okay. Now, the only thing is that if the sun is hidden behind clouds, if it's a dark day, if it's a, let's say a cloudy day, then all we need to do is be outside for a longer period of time to capture those photons over time. And if it's a super overcast day, then it's recommended to be outside for 45, 50 minutes because we are still getting that sun. We are still getting those photons, but at a much less intense level. Number two, getting that UVA energizing light into the eyes that will increase dopamine, that will increase serotonin, that will also help us to produce more melatonin and sleep better at night. And serotonin, for those who don't know, it's, it's simply this uh, neurotransmitters that allow us to feel calm and satisfied and internal and, and very at peace with ourselves and with our environment. So those are very important neurotransmitter and neuromodulators to have access to through nature rather than trying to seek those uh, pleasure and, and reward sensations through dysfunctional means and through artificial lighting, through pornography, through drugs, and through sugar and all of these things. And how do we know when UVA rises? As I mentioned, I highly recommend the, the app Circadian app, and it will help you understand when UVA rises, when UVB even rises, which brings us to the point number three. Understand when UVB rises in your environment and make sure that you go outside and you expose yourself to UVB, which will allow you to synthesize vitamin D, and it's absolutely an important frequency to expose ourselves to. I shall say that anytime we're outside, we should not block light with uh, any uh, uh, glasses 
uh, or sunglasses. And uh, to get the best benefits, we need to be outdoors, not behind windows, because a lot of those windows actually filter out the beneficial frequencies of UVA, UVB, and infrared. And this brings us to the fourth uh, point, is that anytime we are indoors, if we can open the window or crack the window open a little bit, that's going to be uh, uh, very advantageous because we are actually getting non-distorted wavelength of light through sunlight. Point number five is when we are indoors and expose, exposing ourselves to artificial lighting from devices or from LED bulbs and, and, uh, and fluorescence, then wearing glasses like the Viva Rays daytime glasses, which are specifically engineered to decrease the sharpness of this 455 nanometer that we spoke about early in the podcast. And it's not uh, unlike other blue, blue blocking glasses, it does not eliminate blue light because you now understand that we need this blue light during the day. It makes it more balanced and more proportionate with the other frequencies of colors. Step number six is watching the sunset, or at least if you're not watching it directly, being outside at, at, the, at, the, at this important time when the lights start um, transitioning from bright, higher color temperature to less bright and lower color temperature and transitioning into the nighttime because this acts as very important information for our circadian clock and for our nervous system, helping us to understand that the day is ending and the, the body automatically start uh, preparing on a hormonal level and on, on a level of the organs, on a level of the cells to, uh, for a restful night's sleep. Uh, step number, are we on six or seven? Seven. Okay, step number seven is coming back home and making sure that you're not exposing yourself to the second sun, which will again confuse your body into thinking it's daytime and it will mess up all of the steps that you've done before. So making sure that you come back home, you wear your evening glasses, which let's see if I have them here. No, I don't have them here. But those glasses... Uh, are not like the one uh, deep are wearing. They are designed to actually mimic the color temperature of the bonfire. And they block 100% of the blue, but only the highest frequency green. And they are advantageous because you could still wear them and do your evening activities, do your work without feeling very sleepy. And they will help you transition from daytime to nighttime. And lastly, step number eight is one hour before bed, transitioning into the nighttime glasses, which uh, Deepa is wearing right now. And those block 100% of the blue and the green. And as I mentioned before, they decrease the brightness by 15 times to help the brain to understand that it's completely dark outside, maximizing melatonin production, growth hormone, and preparing the body for a restful night's sleep. And last step is step number nine, going to uh, the bedroom, making sure that it's pitch dark, as dark as you could possibly make it. If uh, I do recommend um, blackout curtains, if you don't have access to those, an easy solution, which I love so much because I could take with me anywhere I go is our organic cotton three-dimensional blackout mask. It saves my life anywhere, anytime I'm traveling. I love it because I'm moving a lot. So I'm not taking uh, the curtains with me every time I, I move.
Lovely, Rudy. And I know that I just have you for another two minutes. Where can people go? And of course, if they scroll down to the episode, they can click and go buy the glasses. And just to remind our listeners also that you spoke about the Circadian app. And I think you're talking about Bastion's app. So yes. therefore, they yes, can Bastion's. scroll down to related episodes number 97, where we spoke to Bastion about living a circadian life to understand that a lot more. But where can people go to know all that you're up to and before you launch the red bulbs? And I know that I'm looking forward to those as well. And of course, thank you for your time today, Rudy. Yeah, thank you, Deepa. Um, and for the listener, you, you probably have noticed by now that it's not only about the glasses, that the glasses is probably two or three steps out, out of nine steps that we've mentioned. And those nine steps are, they work together. They're very cohesive. They create coherence in your life. So I want to invite you not only to stick to the glasses only and, and forget about all the other steps. Every step out of those nine steps uh, is, is a masterfully step that will lead to, to, to mastering the whole. So uh, uh, if you want to learn more about those steps, I also recommend that you download our free ebook. It's called Light, the Key to Mastering Your Energy and Sleep, which you can find on our website, www.vivares.com, V-I-V-A-R-A-Y-S.com. And in this ebook, you will find um, amazing actionable steps that you can take today in order to elevate your light environment to a whole new level. And it's a culmination of five to six years of studying light, circadian biology, and quantum biology. However, we have distilled it down in a way that is absolutely simple and easy for anyone to understand and for anyone um, to read and be able to know what to do after reading. And um, also to check out our glasses, um, visit our website, and you could follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share a lot of our educational material, where we are continuously updating our community about the latest things that we're discovering about light and how it affects our biology and some new action steps that we could integrate in our life to improve the quality of our life and our sleep. And I think since you clarified about the glasses being just one out of so many steps Rudy I think basically you're also talking a lot about being in sync and in rhythm with nature's diurnal rhythms and uh, Ayurveda had this to say 5,000 years ago about Dhinacharya I don't know if you've ever heard of it and the word Dhinacharya means to follow the knowledge of the day Uh, and it talks all about how do we live in sync with light and darkness Uh, So maybe that's a conversation for another day. Great to have you here today, Rudy. And I always love our conversations. In part two of this two-part episode on light, Rudy simplified the five steps and came down to nine specific practical ways we can bring in these concepts into daily life. While many of these steps sound simple, Practicing them with intention on a daily basis is what will make the difference. Perhaps you might be tempted to stay in bed till mid-morning after a night of poor sleep. But taking some effort to be out earlier and exposing yourself to the morning sunlight can be key in restoring your harmony with circadian rhythm. 
perhaps aim to be intentional about one of each step each week over nine weeks until they become a part of family living. Have a great day. This podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material on the subject matter covered in the episodes. The podcast is not acting in the capacity of a doctor or a registered dietitian and is not rendering any professional healthcare or medical service. The information in the podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice or services or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition. The advice and tools contained herein may not be suitable for your situation. Any medical questions regarding contraindications and cautions or any questions of whether or not to proceed with any practices provided in the show should be referred to qualified health professionals before adopting the same. The podcast specifically disclaims any responsibility for any liability, loss, risk, personal or otherwise which may be incurred as a direct or indirect consequence of the use of information from this podcast or the application, adoption of any of the information provided.
Hi everyone I hope you enjoyed the show today just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only it is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a qualified professional please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com it is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health condition be sure to subscribe to the sleep whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches